Good morning. Let me uh, pray for us this morning. God, I thank you for every student, staff, and faculty that you have seen fit to bring into this room. God, I thank you for the opportunity to come freely to worship you without negative repercussion from outside forces, we have the freedom to come into this space and glorify, magnify you, sing to you. And God, um, I thank you that you've given us a mission and a calling that's bigger than ourself. God, we um, have all kinds of issues. You know them better than we do. We've got sin and struggle um, and division, frustration, stress. Uh, Many of these guys have so much stress like myself in these uh, couple of weeks of beginning school. Lord, we thank you that you've given us a calling to magnify you, to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And I ask and I pray this morning, God, that the thoughts of our hearts, how we use our mind that you've given us this morning, would ultimately be oriented towards that purpose, magnifying and encountering you. God, I want to ask and pray that you take um, my heart and my words this morning and uh, make them clear. Uh, and I ask and pray that you transform us. Show us a glimpse of who and what it means to follow you, to love you well, to live lives in line with your character, that the world could see and know there is a God, you are him. I ask this um, in the name and the authority you've given me in Jesus Christ. Amen. So many of you uh, may not know, and I'll just uh, say this briefly, but my, um, I'm Mr. Goldie. And one of my uh, jobs here is the uh, director of spiritual formation and to be in charge of encounters. And so I wanted to start off um, encounter just sharing with you a message about um, what exactly uh, it means to be a Christian. Now, that sounds like a super silly, simple, basic question, right? Um, But I want to start by just giving you some visual imagery, okay, of what it is to be a Christian. Is it like a wolf? No. An eagle? No. Or a bear? No. I think um, probably one of the better representations of something magnificent, full of wisdom and goodness would be something more like an elephant. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Sapientia. Oh, watch it. I love that slide. So, uh, seriously though, how many of you guys uh, have ever, by the way, like I just did, Burn bridges. You ever burn bridges with uh, friends, maybe from junior high, um, elementary school, family members? How, how many of you have ever uh, burned bridges and afterwards, like maybe years later, maybe a day later, maybe you just did it last week, maybe you've already made a new friend and burned the bridge from like last Monday till now? How many of you guys have ever had that moment uh, where you ruined a relationship or totally set it off um, on the wrong course because of something you said, something you stood for, and afterwards you're like, what was that about? Like, why did I make a big deal out of that? Um, I distinctly remember a number of times, you guys, where I have done this um, in my own life. I distinctly remember one phone call that keeps coming back to me over and over and over. Uh, it was actually after grad school. I was done, and I was trying to stay in touch with some grad school friends, and I called a grad school buddy of mine who we had done like this intensive Bible study every Thursday night for years. Like We were pretty close, pretty tight uh, as a couple, my wife and I with, uh, with them. And I called him, and for some reason, I had just been down some internet 
like rabbit hole, okay? And you guys wouldn't understand that. But I've done that before. Um, and so what that means, okay, I don't need to tell you what it means. I was down an internet rabbit hole and it was getting me fired up. Like I was getting like, I'll just say like raged, okay? And right around the time I was done with this internet rabbit hole and reading stuff and I was talking to a couple of buddies about it and getting fired up, I'll be honest, I don't even remember the specific issue. But I, right around then I called my buddy and he, he lived halfway across the country. And he's like, hey man, how you doing? I'm like, oh good, except, and I just went on this tirade. He's a gentle, kind soul, a good man, and he completely 100% disagrees with me on that issue. This has been years. I don't remember what the issue was. Our relationship has never quite been the same since, and in part because of some of the hurt and offense that I caused him by going off on this thing. And I think what, what happened, you guys, is that I replaced, in some sense, the preeminence of Christ my faith with this issue, this thing that I got fired up about that day. And maybe it had been working up in me. Um, and I think it was some, I don't know, I think it was some political issue or something. I don't even know. You ever done that? I think Christians, a lot of times, those who um, say they're Christians, we can do a pretty good job at um, burning bridges. And I think in some ways, it's because we forget what it means to be a Christian. First and foremost. Um, another thing I'll say about that. There's been a number of Southwest. You guys, I've been here for, um, for a long time. Uh, this is my, I think, 17th year at Southwest. Um, and I really love working with you guys. Like, seeing you in the morning, coming in, and seeing, knowing your name, saying hi to you, knowing your older siblings, some of whom have moved on. Like, I love it. And I love coming alongside of you and trying to show you, like, who and what Jesus is. Trying to show you that you are called to something magnificent and glorious and good. This incredible thing called Christianity, which I think has been reduced to maybe, again, the issue that you go on a rabbit hole sometimes on. Or been reduced to something that's not really it. And so I'm, I love coming alongside of you trying to say, like, no, this is what Christianity is. This is what Christ is about. And I'm not saying that I've got it down and that I'm perfect at it or that I know it all because I don't. I'm on a journey, but I like doing the journey with you. But one thing that's really painful sometimes is after coming alongside of students at Southwest for four years, they leave Southwest, and I stay in touch with a good number of alumni. And one of the things that happens is that slowly there comes trickling back this little like reports, secondhand, sometimes firsthand, thirdhand, maybe just online blasts that students or a student that I really loved, cared about, came alongside of, connected with, felt like we had a good relationship, felt like they understood what we were about, decided that Jesus thing isn't for me anymore. That Christianity thing isn't for me anymore, and some of them are pretty ticked off. I don't get defensive. I don't get frustrated. I get really sad. And then I have this other response. This response is actually, then, well, like, why is it that they left? 
Why did they abandon Christ? Why did they abandon this thing that like they seemed to be like on board with for a long time? They were saying the stuff and we even had some really good talks that seemed like heart to heart, like man, this is amazing. This person really gets it, right? What happened? And then they start sharing reasons for why they left the faith. And hear me carefully. One of my responses is, I'm really glad they left the faith. Okay, director of spiritual formation, Southwest Christian High School, just said, students sometimes, right? <gasps> okay, students leave and they abandon the faith. And I'm like, I'm glad you abandoned the faith because the thing that you're critiquing that you left, I don't know where you got that and it wasn't from us. But that thing, I'm glad you left it. The thing you're voicing that you departed, like you, you should leave that. I'm, I don't celebrate that God either. Are you with me? So I don't, I don't know how it is um, sometimes, what messages you receive, but I think I'm going to try to give us um, some thoughts on like things that come at us and like what it means to be a Christian. And in particular, like maybe it's with reference to you and others, but like what is it when you say like I abandon it, okay? There's a verse that has really stuck out to me with this and it's been huge when you think about like you guys probably follow people on some social media platform. Um, well, guess what? Um, that's not new. I mean, the technology for it is, but it's not a new concept. Paul is writing to Corinthians, uh, the church in Corinth, and he says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that there be no divisions among you. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household, I love the personal nature of scripture, um, where it's like, hey, Chloe, you guys know, we're, it's like a small, small group here. Um, Chloe's house have informed me that there are quarrels among you. And, and what I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. And another person says, I follow Apollos. Another still says, I follow Cephas. And other people are like, I follow Christ. What? Okay. For us looking at this, we're like, seriously? Paul goes on to say this. um, Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? This is Paul writing. Were you baptized in the name of Paul? By the way, there's a little moment, and I'll just share it with you. I didn't put it in here. There's a little ellipsis. But this is another moment I love in, in the Bible, and I can't help but share it. It's super honest. And people who say like, oh, the Bible's not reliable. I'm like, if the Bible was edited later, you would edit this out, which I did just for the sake of the slide. But that little ellipsis up there where it says, were you baptized in the name of Paul? Paul has this little statement. He says, I thank God that I didn't baptize any of you except, uh, except Crispus and Gaius. Awesome names, by the way. <laughs> Gaius. It's like a warrior name, Okay. Dude, probably like coming off the battlefield. Okay, I baptized Gaius. Okay, and he goes, I didn't baptize anyone except Crispus and Gaius. So no one can say that you were baptized in my name. And then there's this other statement. He says, "Uh, Yeah, I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Um, uh, uh, Beyond that, I don't actually remember if I baptized anyone else. (laughs) This is Paul. He's writing to them. He spent time with them. He values them, and he's like, Okay, I'll be honest. I don't remember who I baptized. That's real. That's real pastoral and thoughtful, Paul. Right? Like you walk with these people, you're like their spiritual mentor and guide, and you're like, I, I'm so glad I didn't baptize any of you. Wait, there were those guys, two guys, and then there was a family. I don't remember. Okay, here's the point. It's a great little moment where it's like, you would edit that out, you know? <laughs> if you're going to make a perfect Bible, you wouldn't want to make Paul look like a guy that forgot who he baptized, right? Okay, but he did. 
So there's like his humanity. I love it. Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom and eloquence, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Because the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it's the power of God. So here's, again, my question. What does it mean to be a Christian? How do you decide that? How do you guys decide that? Southwest Christian High School, when you came here, you um, signed a little statement, right? And you gave a testimony, and many of you voiced things about what it is to be a Christian. And I wonder how many different ideas we have in here (laughs) about what it really means. I bet it's a lot. How do you determine and how do you decide? Is it by who they follow? Some say, I follow Paul. Some say, I follow Cephas. Others say, I follow Apollos. Um, Who do you follow and how does that influence your faith and has it replaced Christ? I'll ask you this a different way. Is it possible that some of you spent a good deal more time following maybe even a Christian figure on their social media platform than you do in the words of Jesus? I would venture to guess that probably most of us (laughs) spend time getting to know the theology and thoughts and philosophy of your favorite athlete, TikTok star, Then you do the theology of Christ. Then I do the theology of Christ. Who do you follow? Is there a leader, maybe, a pastor, an example that you follow? Look, those that list of guys that he just listed there in First Corinthians, those are like These guys are like the founders of the church, okay? We're talking Peter and Paul, right? And right away, they're already, yeah, I follow Peter. Yeah, I follow Paul, man. He's where it's at. And they're splitting divisions. And Christ, oh, yeah, he's in there too. I love that Paul put that last. And then others are like, well, I follow Jesus. People are like, what, really? Because that guy, man, have you seen what what he's like? Online, it's awesome. Everyone's following that guy. And if all your friends are doing it, you probably should too, and then it builds, and then next thing you know, who's Jesus again? When was the last time I actually like read anything or saw anything that he had? Do you determine who's Christian by who they follow as a musician? Um, this is not to, um, I just thought of this uh, now, but this is in class yesterday, some of you seniors were with me and we were talking about like ideas, and this is not, by the way, I want to be really clear, you guys, pastors and leaders are great. Social platform stuff and like people who encourage you in your faith in regards to this stuff, like not bad stuff, that's great stuff. You understand my point though, is that like, who do you follow? Like really at the core of your being, who are you being shaped and formed by? Um, and in the process of a conversation in, in class, um, you know, the, the, the names, and it was good thoughts and great ideas, and I think that they can, but uh, the names Kobe and Toby showed up, you know? Do you follow Kobe and Toby? And that's okay if you listen to them, follow them, like them, watch them. If you don't know who they are, well, then you're not. At least Toby, then you're not Christian. Okay. 
Who do you follow? Online, a real person, okay? A musician, an athlete. Who do you follow? Um, Maybe a podcast, I don't know. Maybe an author if you read. But one of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. And still another person says, I follow Christ. Is that you? Have you replaced Christ with some other figure or some other platform in your journey? And that for you is what it means to be a Christian. Here's a good indicator for you that maybe you've done this. That when you find out something negative about the person that you follow that's maybe really bad, maybe something that, like they're really abusive or they're horrible people, you defend them to the nth degree or you refuse to believe it or your faith crumbles. Let me say it again. They do something awful. You defend them. And you're like, that's not possible. They're great. There has to be a reason that they were so abusive. That's a good indicator for us, okay? It's a good indicator for us that maybe we replaced them a little bit with Christ. You with me? Or if somebody who's been influential in your journey. You guys, there have been a number of uh, pastors I've been listening to a podcast, and some of you maybe have heard of it. Um, It's on this guy named Mark Driscoll, who's a pastor, and it's called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill. Some of us on staff have been talking about it. Um, And it's a a story about a pastor that I um, used to listen to a lot of his sermons. I was heavily influenced by him. There's been a ton of pastors like him who have fallen. And what I mean by fallen is like they don't have their job anymore. Some terrible, they did some terrible and awful things, said awful things. They're manipulative, controlling, sometimes cheating on their spouses, sometimes, okay, there's a bunch of pastors for whom this happened. And I had to wrestle with this with a number of leaders that I followed. If my faith crumbles because those guys screw up, maybe I misidentified what it is to be a Christian. Are you with me? Okay, how about this? How do you measure someone as a Christian? culture war and where you stand on it? Do you measure faith? Now, I want to be really clear in the things that I list here. These are very important issues. They're very important. No question. But is the church being divided? Are you being divided from people in your own classroom because you've forgotten your first love, because you've forgotten Christ, because you've forgotten your purpose and meaning and significance, and you've replaced it with something like whether you like Trump or Biden? I think you've lost perspective on the kingdom of God. In the same day, you see an article that says Trump was God's man and then Biden is a godly man. I wonder what Jesus would say if you were in the midst of it. Do you say that you're a Christian and by that you mean like right wing or left wing? That's what you mean. And if the left-wing person is wrong, your faith crumbles. And if the right-wing person is wrong, your faith crumbles. If that's the God, that when that crumbles, when that ideology crumbles and your faith crumbles with it, that wasn't Christianity. That wasn't Christianity. Some say I follow Paul. Some say I follow Cephas. And not only that, we've replaced that. These are spiritual leaders in the church. We've replaced it with people who, frankly, like, 
aren't in the church in the sense of leadership and they're not spiritual leaders or even professing to be and we say, I follow them. Whoops. How about issues of gender um, and where you stand on that? Okay, um, I know you guys have probably lots of strong feelings in this room about one way or the other about um, LGBTQIA issues and sexuality and homosexuality and the question is, um, I've known guys and gals, um, in fact, I've seen posts from p- past Southwest Christian High School students and others who've left and I've had good conversations with them who say, I can't follow that Jesus anymore because of A, what you guys say about gender and sexuality. I can't follow Jesus anymore because of how people who are gay and lesbian and bisexual have been treated by the Christian community, and that's a different issue. But the question is, does your faith rise or fall based on what you think about these issues? That is not Christianity. Are they important? Worthy of discussion? Absolutely. Are there communities in serious pain because of how Christians have treated them? Absolutely. Does that mean Christianity, when represented by one side or the other, disagrees with you or causes you to feel like they failed you? Does your faith fail in that moment? That's not the gospel. Issues of equality, capitalism, socialism. Okay, we could go on and on. My point is, are these issues important? Oh my goodness, yes. Is there serious pain and problems associated? Yes. My question is, because you guys, I know personally, Southwest Christian High School graduates who say, it's because of that that I can't believe, one of these that I can't believe in that Jesus anymore. Well, then I'm glad you left that because that's not Christ. You know you've replaced Christ with some other following when your faith crumbles if your ideology is challenged or crumbles or you even mock somebody's pain because of your ideology. Make fun of the reality. When people are in anger, a better question to ask instead of why the anger is why the pain. That's very real. But if your faith crumbles, if it rises or falls because of these issues, I think you may have missed it. You with me, Southwest? You understand? I wonder how Jesus would respond to liberals, conservatives, capitalists, socialists. Um, Here's my pet theory. Here's my pet theory in our culture right now. I think they would all crucify him. I don't think anybody would like what he has to say. They didn't then. You don't now often when you pass over words that are uncomfortable or when people preach things that you don't like. (laughs) I think potentially there's areas, not potentially, I know there's areas of my life, there's things that I've begun to follow that would make me part of the crucifixion the putting to death of Christ. If Christ showed up, I bet he'd make me mad because of the way he's approaching things. 
either not too much on that side or not too much on that side or not enough of this. Because he's always doing this third way thing. And what's that about? He seems dodgy. Have I begun to follow something that's not Christ? I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that there be no divisions among you. Divisions most often come because we stopped turning our eyes and fixing our eyes on Christ. We fix them on someone or something else. Have you done that? How? How would you know? Again, if your faith crumbles and starts to fall apart because of these things. Some other um, issues, maybe, that um, how do you measure if someone is Christian? A last one um, that I'll say is whether they listen to KTIS, whether they say the right phrases, whether they hang out with good people, which is important. Your company matters. But has your company become the thing? The peers that you hang around with, has that become Christianity to you? That's another big concern that I have, guys and gals. Don't confuse Christians with Christ. You will, Southwest, beginning of the school year, many of you beginning of your time here, you will experience pain by people who go by the name of followers of Christ in this community. You hear me? You will experience pain from people. And sometimes it will be very difficult pain. You will experience loneliness and abandonment because of the behaviors of people who say they follow Jesus. And if your faith crumbles because of that, maybe we started following them and not Christ. Whether they wear Christian t-shirts, wear a cross necklace, whether they swear, go to a certain youth group, are these important things? Yeah. Um, These are boundary marker spirituality issues. Who you follow, who your social media platform is, who you listen to on music, you guys, if if that has replaced the gospel, that's not Christianity. They're superficial, highly visible things. And I think it empties the cross of its power. Finally, um, maybe one other test I could throw out there. Uh, Mr. Welly um, got me thinking about this one. What's your favorite verse? <laughs> I like this one. What's your favorite verse? What, what gets you amped up, if any? If there's any verse that you're like, that's my thing. And why is it that? Um, maybe that's a litmus test of where our values have begun to lean. Here's my point. Do you define being Christian by culture, by leaders, by people around you, what they do or don't do, by certain boundary markers? That's not Christianity. That's not Christ. Are you with me? We are trying at Southwest to show you a picture of the living God who has power to enter into your deepest spaces of your soul and transform you into the type of person you were meant to be. We want to show you a Christ who transcends political kingdoms and powers and authorities that come and go. We want to show you a Christ who doesn't change like the people you follow on TikTok or YouTube. We want to show you a Christ who is more powerful than any of your willpower could ever muster in changing your behavior or your relationships. We want to show you a Christ who transcends every issue that is, though important, not the gospel. We want to show you a Christ who gives you a fresh perspective on those issues to show you what it means to speak the truth, but also to do it with love for each other as a community so people could walk in here and see a glimpse of the kingdom of God. 
We want to show you a Jesus who cares and loves about your, you and cares about your pain and wants to enter it with you no matter what it is and wants you to listen to others no matter what theirs is. We want to show you a Jesus who cares about you, is present with you, who loves you, and whose kingdom is not of this world, who wants you to fight things that are good, to fight for justice and right and righteousness, to fight for those things, not because you look good and not because that's what Christianity is, but because of who he is. That's the Jesus I want you to know. That's the Jesus that I know and love that transforms my heart and doesn't make me angry and divisive. But able to approach these issues and things in the right way, at the right place, at the right time because of the guidance of his spirit. Is Christ divided? Who do you follow? I think in the end, Paul says something that resonates with um, this Hebrews 12 verse, which you're very familiar with. At the end of this long list of people who follow Jesus, he says, because of this great cloud of witnesses, in Hebrews, the author of Hebrews says, because of this great cloud of witnesses, that's why we fix our eyes on Jesus. Not look at those witnesses and follow them, but that's why we fix our eyes on Christ. Let me pray. God, I thank you that you give us a message that is so contrary and different and sometimes really difficult to understand, often difficult to understand. It's so complex, God, because you want us to continue to go deeper in the journey of understanding who you are and who we are in you. God, I pray for this community. I pray for myself. I pray for all of us in here that we would set aside our idols, our moral idols, our political idols. We'd set aside our celebrity idols, our athlete idols. We'd set aside the people we've begun to follow and we've forgotten our first love. Father, forgive us for attaching our hearts, our souls, and our faith to people and to persons and we've forgotten about you. God, I thank you for leaders. I thank you for influencers. I thank you for those who are doing things if it's for your kingdom. And I pray we would focus on your kingdom. I pray, God, that every student here, staff, faculty, and then myself, we would turn to you. We would turn to Christ, turn to scripture, turn within to the deep places of our soul. We'd allow for the quiet places in our life so that we can be with you, be present with you, and know what it means to experience the power of the message of cross, the cross. I pray you would give these students this year, God, and all of us this year in this school year, a glimpse of what that means, a glimpse of your power. The power of your spirit would anoint each and every one of them, God, to drive out sin and to show them arrogance and pride, to show me my pride and my arrogance. Show us all, God, where we have seized control of the gospel and tried to make it something that it's not fundamentally about. Thank you, um, God, that you're with us in this process, that you rescue us, and you promise that in the end you'll give us bigger, bigger glimpses of light if we seek you. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening in on our Encounter podcast. You can find previous Encounter recordings and who will be coming in future weeks on our Southwest Christian High School webpage, www.swchs.org. Click on Student Life and Encounter. Again, thank you for joining us, and until next time, keep your eyes fixed, not on speakers, teachers, or institutions, but on Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith.